0: You're listening to The Young, where young people have real conversation on how to live a life worth living. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to The Young Podcast. My name is Nicole, and today I know it looks a little bit differently, but today's podcast is going to be a message I actually got to speak a few weeks back at our Jesus followers service. So anyways, I hope you get to listen to this. I hope it encourages you. I pray that uh, you receive something out of it and God speaks to you. Anyways, love y'all, and I hope you enjoy this message. Peace. I was at my grandparents' house this weekend, and my grandpa pulled out his flip phone. I was like, ooh, strange. I was so old. All right, y'all, can you say this? The count of three, super loud, super excited, like you mean it. Ready? One, two, three, go. This, louder. There you go. Who says I am? I I can have what it says I can have. To your God, speak a word. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe God wants to change your life forever? All right, y'all take notes. Is that a thing here? Can you guys do me a favor real quick? Just look up real quick. Can y'all smile? Thank you. Oh, That just makes me feel, you know, it's so strange staring at people who look like this the whole time. It's so weird. So just smile for me. Make me just seem loved. I don't know. All right, hey, uh, before I get in, uh, I felt like, God wanted to do something real quick. Is it okay if God does something? Yes. Great. Uh, I want, y'all know the word honor? Uh-huh. Honor. I was driving today from Palm Springs, and it was a long drive, and I just kept hearing the word honor from God. And I feel like I, I know what, where God was saying with honor, and, and this what I want to do real quickly, is I want to honor our pastors, Pastors Luke and Kayla, because what you guys don't get to see that I get to see is all the, the work behind this, behind uh, leading you guys, behind pastoring you guys, all the amount of conversations they have, the amount of prayers they have for you guys. And can I tell you, I may be up here tonight, uh, but I'm only up here tonight. Like, I don't have to deal with all of the behind-the-scenes stuff that Pastor Luke and Kayla love to even deal with. And so what I want to do is I just want us to honor our pastors Come on, like, we we need to honor them and say, hey, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for believing in me. Come on, would you honor them? No. Can I tell you, there's, there's something about honoring our leaders. There really is. And so even today after you leave, go go, go thank them, go high-five them, hug them, I don't know. But honor them because I'm telling you, God is doing something in this ministry here in Freedom. And uh, they are leading the charge, and you guys are leading it well. So thank you. Uh, title of my message is Part of a Bigger Picture. Part of a Bigger Picture. I want to read to you a scripture, a few. So if you didn't read your Bible today, you're welcome. <laughs> First Peter 2.9. Can we put this up? First Peter 2.9. Ready for this? Here we go. But you are a chosen generation. I just, I love that. But you, say you. You. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to focus on this topic today, that God wants to use you. Okay? God wants to use you. Can you just point to yourself? Point yourself, God wants to use, thanks Kayla, (laughs) God wants to use you. So let me pray real quick, Father, I thank you for your word, God, would you speak through me, would you anoint this word, Lord, we thank you for our open hearts to receive this, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to tell you a story, y'all know Jesus talks? So I was talking to Jesus one day, I was in my room, and I was just walking, and I was like, hey God, I'm going to worship you. So I turned on, uh, I've never listened to Ska, Kayla. Actually, I, Camille said I have, but I don't prefer Ska. Uh, I prefer gospel, and I was listening to some gospel music, and I turned on gospel music, and I'm like, yeah, break every chain, yeah, right? And uh, God stopped me right in the middle of me singing, which is strange because it sounds good. <laughs> um, no, he stopped, and, and he's like, hey, can I, I want to tell you something. I said, Awesome. And so I start asking God, like, God, I can't wait for for me to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And in the middle of me saying all that to Jesus, he gives me the most humbling statement ever. And he said this, and I won't ever forget, I was in my room. He said, Nicole, it's not about you. And I was like, oh. He goes, it's not about you. It's about what I could do through you. It's not about you. It's about what I can do through you. Can I tell you tonight God wants to share and maybe even shine a light on this topic? is God wants to use you, but not for you. It's not about you. right? It's not about this Nicole thing. It's not about this. Uh, Pastor Luke and Pastor Kayla thing, no, it's about what God can do through. Right? And, and I want to give you just two points, I promise, two points on really how God wants to move through us. But can I tell you this, God doesn't have a plan B. There is no plan B. God is saying, I want to use you, and if you allow me to, then I'm, I'm going to do something incredible in your life. I want to do something amazing in your life. But I felt like God said there's this one point that I want to talk about first that may be stopping us from believing that God wants to use us. And it's this. Ready? Point one is this. You belong. A lot of us don't believe that we actually have a place here and i'm not just talking about here you do have a place here but in his family i want to read this this scripture ephesians 1 5 and it said this ready god decided in advance to adopt us into his own family can i just encourage you in telling you this that you are a part of this family that you being you are a part of this family. And I feel like a lot of the times we disqualify ourselves because of what we've done, right? I I grew up in an incredible household. Uh, Not perfect, but I love it. Wouldn't change it for a thing. And uh, I remember one time where I messed up so badly. Oh, my gosh. We'll probably never forget this moment. So here it is. I was 15 years old. I was in the living room. And my dad came in, he got mad at me because he told me to do my homework earlier. And I yelled back and I said, Dad, this is not homework. This is studying, right? And he looked at me and I said, It was so much sass that he just, I mean, he was so mad. He's like, Don't talk to me, don't back, like, don't talk back. And this is what I did I got up from my chair and I ran out the house, like, ran. Ran out the house, through the front yard. I was like, I'm out of here. And I mean, I sprinted. Didn't even close. I ran. And then I was like, where do I go? (laughs) Like, I was in the front. I was like, where do I go? And I was like, I got it in my backyard. So I ran out of the front yard back into the backyard. And at this particular house, we had like a tree house type of thing. Not really like a cool tree house, just a tree I could climb up on. And so I climbed up the tree. Like, I mean, I ran out, climbed up the tree, and I was like, I'm staying right here right here. I was like, I cannot believe my dad talked to me that way. I cannot believe he yelled at me. I cannot believe the way he treated me. Does he not know the difference between homework and studying, right? So I sat at that tree, I kid you not, for probably like an hour, an hour and a half. Just sat there like 9 30 at night and I was like, I'm gonna show it to him right here. Don't do this. And I sat and then all of a sudden, I got really hungry, <laughs> but I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it through." Sat. I got really cold, and all of a sudden, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna." Probably an hour and a half later, I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna sleep out here. <laughs> like, there's raccoons. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Attack them?" So, so I decided this is my moment. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go in the house. I'm gonna go straight to my room, and it's gonna be awesome. Like. I know my parents are gonna get really mad at me. I'm probably I literally was so afraid. Like I remember climbing down the tree, walking down, and walking across my backyard, and I was like, it's over. It's done. Like I mid dad yelling at me, I ran out of the house. Like he, I I'm gonna get the bell, I'm gonna get the whip, I'm gonna get everything, like I'm gonna get every like I don't know what else, I'm gonna get it all, and then I'm gonna get kicked out of the house. <laughs> like that's going on in my head, right? And so I walk back, and I slide the door open, and my parents are smiling, and it was so strange, and then my dad just kindly said, go to bed, and I said, yes, sir, and I remember, I slept in my brother's room that night, because I was terrified, I was like, Christian, I'm telling you right now, if I get kicked out, like, you're coming with me, like, I had a plan, I was like, this is the moment, scoot over, twin-size bed, we're both so tall, I was, like, crying, I'm like, it's over, And the next morning, I woke up, and my dad came, he just stared at me, and I was like, this is so creepy. Like, just tell me, like, right now. Kick me out. Like, do something. Yell at me, right? Take my phone away. Here. And he had a conversation with me about, first of all, he apologized, because he was like, you know what? Homework and studying, I guess, is different. But then he looked at me, and he said, and he just gave me the stern talk. And then he hugged me. And then he said, I love you. And then he made me lunch. He did. True story. He made me lunch. It was good. I don't remember it, but it was good. I bet. But I share this story because I remember being in this moment of my life where I I couldn't believe I made this big mistake. And for a whole day and a whole night, I was freaking out. Like, Dad is mad at me. Like, Dad's going to kick me out. Mom and Dad, it's over. Like, I I can't believe I, I yelled back. I can't believe I ran away. I can't believe I hid in a tree house for an hour and a half, right? And my whole entire thought process was, I'm out. I'm out. I guess I'm out. And can I tell you what he did? He pulled me close. He pulled me close. And then he made me food. And I share this because I want us to know this, that sometimes we have a hard time believing that we belong because we look at our mistakes and we look at our sin and we look at what we did and we're like, but God, I don't I, I feel like my friend next to me belongs because she worships, like, all the time, and she's always tweeting about how much she loves you. And John three sixteen is tattooed on her somewhere, and, like, she loves you, God. Right? And then we come to us, and we're like, but, God, I sinned yesterday. Like, God, I made a mistake today. Like, how can you use me? Like, how can you use this girl right here, this guy right here, after I did that? And I feel like God is trying to convince us tonight, and he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your story. It doesn't matter your mistake. If you're willing to give it to Jesus, he's saying, hey, I want to use you. Can I tell you, we all have a place at the table. We all have a spot with Jesus. And he's saying, hey, I, I don't know about you, but I've just come to this place in my life where I said, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you. I want to read this uh, I feel like it's not part of my notes. I feel like someone in here, man, your past, your past, your story, what you did, what someone's done to you is your biggest hindering block. Like your biggest hindering block. Nicole, I love the message. Yeah, great, but I just can't because. Because. Or maybe someone in here, it's a sin. Right, And you've, you're, you're, your whole life, you're like, God, I just want to be free. I just want to be free. I just want to be free. And yet, we still find our way stumbling on it. Or maybe it's a mistake, something we did. Or something happened to us, and we're like, God, you can't use me because it's dirty. You can't use me because of this. And this scripture popped up. I want to read it. It's Genesis 50, Old Testament, verse 20. But I want to read this. It says this, but as for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as is to this day. Can I tell you something? What the devil used to try to destroy you, God is saying, I'm going to use that very thing to bring glory to God. Listen, your very past that the devil is trying to torment you, your very mistake that the devil's trying to shove in your face, the very insecurity that goes in your head, God is saying, if you can give that to me, I'll turn it all against him. Can I tell you, God wants to use you. No, God wants to use you. I remember I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, or actually, sorry, freshman in high school, and I made varsity. And I, I felt so out of place. Anyone ever feel out of place before? I mean, I was so, I felt so out of place. I remember I was probably like three months into the first semester. And uh, I, I was on the team, made the team. And I remember I walked into, like, first period before. You know, like, you meet up with your friends before first period. Anyone ever do that before? I don't know why I ever did that. I love sleep. But I remember I was walking into, like, pre-before first period. And I had my, like, arms across my chest. And I had my head down. I was walking because I had a bad game. I had a bad game. And I ran into my teammate. She uh, was, like, the girl who, like, influenced me in high school. And I ran into her. And she looked at me, and she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. Tired. I don't know. And I told her, like, I, I felt so out of place. I was like, I don't I don't feel, I just, I I don't know, I'm 13 years old. I'm, like, 95 pounds. Like, I don't know how the heck. <laughs> to, like, no, seriously, I just felt like I. Was, I didn't know. And then she grabbed me, and she grabbed my hands, and she pulled my hands, like, out of my cross formation thing. And she looked at me, and she said, look up. So I looked up because she scared me. I was like, whoa, bro, chill out. And she said, you already made the team. She was, you already made the team. She said, you already made the team. You are in. You belong. Relax. Relax. And she said, stop worrying about your insecurity. You're on the team. She said, stop worrying about that mistake you made at the game yesterday. You're still on the team. And you know what I did? I got my 95-pound self. I put my chin up, and I got my Jansport backpack, and I walked that day like I belonged. Like I belonged. I walked into that practice, and I had a hard time doing overthrow passes across the court because, like, my arms were so thin. I was like, how can you do this? And I walked, and I grabbed that ball, and I just chucked it as hard as I could. No, do you want to know why? Because someone told me I belonged. Someone referred me that I had a place. Someone said I already made the team. And can I encourage you this evening that God is saying you're already on the team. You already have a place. You're alre- you already belong. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try to be perfect. You'll never get it. God is saying you belong. You belong in what? Why? Because God wants to use you. Because he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. Ephesians 2 says this, that he's created you for good works. Can I tell you, God's got something for you. But we first have to believe, like, hey, I actually belong here. Hey, I actually got a place here. Can I tell you, insecurity robbed a lot of my my early high school years when it came to basketball. Insecurity. Like, I would walk up to a place sometimes, and I'm like, that girl is like 6'3". And her three-pointers go in every single time. And I would always count myself out before the game even started. I wonder how many of us count ourselves out. I wonder how many of us allow our fears to take over. You know, I asked myself this question maybe like two months ago. And I said, God, are you real? Not because I was like trying to figure out if he was real. I knew he was real. But I said, God, are you real? And then I asked myself, God, is your word real? And I asked myself this because I said, if God, if you're real and your word is real and it's true, then my life ought to look like it. My life ought to look like what you say. Like I better be walking around confident that my God is faithful to provide for me. That I should be confident knowing that I don't have to allow fear to take over my life. I should be confident that even though my parents are going through something, God, you're going to take care of it. I should be confident. If, God, you're real and your word is real, then I should be confident in it. And can I tell you, he is real and his word is true. He is real and his word is true. And so point number one is this. You have to know that you belong. The, the second one, I wrestled with this for a while. I felt like God wants us to know this in in knowing the bigger picture. See, God wants to use us, like I said. There is no plan B, right? Anyone ever have, like, a plan B before? Um, I failed my driver's test two times. I'm a great driver now, great driver, great driver. But I had a plan if I failed again. Like, I, I remember I failed my first time, and I was like you want to know how I failed? It's really bad. I hit a curb. It was awful. Like automatic fail. They're like, all right, drive back. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? It was so bad. And the second time I failed, I ran through a stoplight and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, it was really bad. It wasn't like little things. Like it was all bad. Right. And, and I argued with the lady. I was like, I didn't even run it. And she was like, it was red. I said, kind of like not even bad. Right. And so the third time when I went to go take my test, I had a plan. I was like, if I fail again, my dad's going to take me everywhere. Like, I just, I like, I was like, I can ride my bike, a moped, like, the bus, something. Like, I was so nervous because it was the third time that I had to take it. Don't worry, guys, I passed with flying colors. Yes, I have my license today. I missed seven. I think you can miss, like, eight. Um, But it's great. I passed. Anyways, moral of the story is God doesn't have a plan B. God's plan A is you and God wants to use you. Right? God has a plan A and he wants to use you. So first point was this. You belong here. You have a place here. Second point is this. It's your favorite word. Uh, we have to be willing to surrender. It's your favorite word. I love that word. Um, we have to be willing to say, God, it's not about me. It's about your will and what you want to do. Right, We have to come to this place where where we are mature enough. See, sometimes we want to be treated like high schoolers, but we act like junior hires. And we have to come to a place where we're mature enough to say, okay, God, I'm all in, but what do you want to do? I'm all in, but what do you want to do? You know, and some of y'all know this story. I'll share it a little bit again. But I remember my junior year, I came to God. I said, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. What do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to give up basketball. And I said, Great, accept that. Right? God, I'm all in for you. Can I tell you how many of y'all went to camp? Great. A lot. Oh, a lot of us actually did. Can I tell you I had that same camp experience? Went to camp loved camp i mean i was like blown away i was on the floor crying like every night and i really don't cry in public used to i'm getting there uh thanks jesus but i mean i cried every night on the floor crying and i remember i graduated i didn't graduate camp i left camp we came camp- back to camp on a sunday morning we had uh, ironically enough we had sunday night services when i was a, a senior in high school And I remember I went to service that night. I didn't want to go, but my brother forced me to go. He's like, My friends are there. Let's go. I said, Okay. And we went. I remember camp, like this whole camp experience was awesome. And I go to service that night, and can I be honest? We had a five hour service. Like our pastor preached. Preached. I mean, there was like worship, and we're like, yeah. And he preached the message, and all of a sudden, like all the people from camp, they were like, let's stay and keep staying. And I was like, this is so interesting, (laughs) right? And I mean, we went to like eleven thirty at night, praying. We were praying for our leaders. We were praying for each other. You know her? Like, it would be hysterical. She was like, guys, God wants to do something in us, and then everybody. Woo! Yeah. Right, like everyone's pumped and she's like we need to do something for him. And everyone's like, yeah, Jesus. Right pumped. And then one person stands up and they're like, let's start something. Let's start let's start meaning. And I was like, what am I walking into like, right? And one person was like, we're going to start something and it's, I'm telling you literally this is how it went. We're going to start something called Freedom Builders. And everybody was like, yeah. Right? Like, it was pumped. And I was like, what is Freedom Builders? Right? And I remember, as was a Sunday. Monday morning, we, everyone gets a text. we are like, hey, we're going to meet at so-and-so's house tonight. Are you down? And so we were like, all right. So I remember I go to this person's house. And um, you ever, like, not volunteer, but you get told that you're going to do that? So I remember I was sitting down, there probably like 13, 14, 15 kids. And they were like, all right, guys, this summer we are going to homeless shelters, we are going to old people, houses, and we are just going to just pray for people and, and give hot dogs, it's going to be awesome. And they're like, who wants to run that? And I scratched my head. And this mom was like, Nicole will. And I was like, no, I won't, right? Like I didn't know what to say. She's like, Nicole will. And I was like, yes, I will. I will sure go ahead and call those people and figure out how I'm going to give 50 hot dogs, <laughs> right? And I remember it was that Thursday. Was 4th of July, actually. And I was with my friends. I was with three other people. It was two guys, two girls. We're like, all right, guys, like, how are we going to do this? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, we do this whole thing in summer, right? We're like freedom builders. It's, we're going to build freedom. And it's going to be awesome, Right, and I remember sitting in like late October, and I was like, "Are we still going to build freedom?" Because I'm like tired. (laughs) Like, can I be honest? I was like, "What is this going to look like? Are we going to go every single week to like?" I completely honest. I was only sixteen. I was like, "Okay, I don't know if we're going to pray every single week." Like, I can only play solitaire with old people for like a long time before I'm like bored. (laughs) Right? Like, being honest, I can do it now. When I was sixteen, I was like, "How is this going to work?" right? And there was this place in my life where I felt the hype, where I was like, yeah, God, let's do this. Let's do this because everybody was doing it. And then it came to this place where God says, now I need you to give up the very thing that you hold so close. Are you willing to do it? See, it's easy for us to, to kind of do it when everyone else is doing it. It's easy for us to go to fire sessions when 30 friends are there. But when God says, can you have a fire session by yourself for two hours, you're like, oh, I, I, uh, God, (laughs) two hours? You mean two minutes, right? It's easy for us to go pray for people when there's a group of us doing it. It's easy for us to all go to Chick-fil-A and talk about what God did when all of us are there. But when you find yourself in a place where it's just you and God is requiring something, it's the story changes. The story changes. Because now we're like, well, God, you know, I love you. Homie. Someone said that this week, and I was like, oh, gosh. Anyways, um, homie, right? And we're in this place, and God's saying, hey, I want to use you. And I want to encourage you in this, too. I, I, uh, going to share another story to break to make it a lot easier i remember i was in high school and i was like god i can't wait to be married right and all of a sudden there's this name that popped into my head and i thought for the longest time i was supposed to marry this person and i didn't want to i like was like god i can't marry him but i thought i thought (laughs) like i had a fear i had a fear no i'm i'm serious i'm serious i was like god i want to get married and then there's this name that popped into my head, and I was like, oh, but I can't, not hit God. And for the longest time, I thought I was going to marry him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't. This is just, I don't even like him. It's just, God, like, really him, right? Some of us think, no, listen, some of us think that's how it is with the plan of God in our lives. But God is a God who wants to give us the desires of our hearts. And sometimes we think if we give up and surrender, God is going to give us something we don't like. Right? See, for instance, don't, don't record this because just don't record it. I know I can't sing. Okay? Like, I know I can't, like, go up here and just be like destiny and be like, Jesus. Like, you know, I, can't, I know that. Right? Like, I'm not praying to God. Like, when, I, when I'm praying to God, I'm not afraid that he's going to make me a worship leader. Do you know what I mean? See, some no, it's true. Sometimes we think, God, you're asking us of this, so that means, like, what, I, what you're going to tell me is bad. No, God is a God who says this, I withhold no good thing from you. God withholds no good thing from you. So God wants to use your dreams. God wants to use your gifts. God wants to use your talents. But what he's asking is, is are you willing to surrender those things for me? Are you willing to trust me with your gifts? Are you willing to trust me with your talents? The very thing that you're so good at, God, would you give it to me? Are you willing to trust me with it? You know, I look back and I'm so, 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 so thankful that I didn't pursue basketball. Oh, like, so thankful. Like, I wish I could put exclamation points. Like, about how thankful I am. Can I tell you when I see myself, and I, I, I like plan this out, and I look, and I was like, man, if I actually played basketball, it would have destroyed me. No, it really would have. Because I was a selfish person in high school. I was an insecure person in high school. I was a bound person in high school. And I thought to myself, man, if I ever stepped place in college, and I was dealing with everything I was dealing with, and I joined that basketball team, I would have ended up in such a deeper place, a deeper mess than I was before. Like, I truly believe. I'm telling you, I feel God saved me from it. I mean, I made choices my junior year where I'm like, I can't believe I did that just because I was insecure. And see, sometimes we think, God, if I give this to you. You ever, anyone have a Twitter in here? Okay, great. You ever see that picture of, of like, Jesus? Like, bending down and there's like a big, big teddy bear being his back and then that little girl with like a little teddy bear, right? And he's just saying, trust you, trust me. I feel like that's God tonight where we're holding on to something so small. You're like, this is my life, this is everything. And God's like, no, I got something better. I got something bigger. I got something far beyond what you can think of. You're thinking you're gonna sing in football stadiums and high schools, God is saying, I'm gonna put you in arenas. You, you're thinking you're thinking you're only gonna you're gonna graduate in four years of college and God's like no I got a plan for you far greater than you can even think. You're thinking you're gonna stay in a three bedroom like house your whole entire life and God's like no I got a mansion for you here on earth. You think you're gonna drive a Honda Civic your whole entire life and God is saying I got a Bentley for you if you trust me. No I'm serious. No I'm serious and it's not about materialistic things. It's not about this is what I got. This is the, no 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 it's about do you trust Him. You trust him. See, some of y'all, you're like, but I want my YouTube career. YouTube, hair, makeup, YouTube. Right? And God's like, no, I'll give you a greater influence if you trust me. I'll give you a greater influence. So there comes this place in our lives, and I'm going to end here, where we have to be willing to say, hey, God, I'm going to surrender. We have to come to this place and say, all right, Jesus, not what I want to do, Not what I've got planned out for myself, but but what you want to do. Y'all want to do what God wants? got this last thing. To sum it all up, it's the last thing. Our motivation, though, listen, if you didn't catch anything, just catch this. Our motivation has to be right. I felt like God was saying this, in the bigger picture in all of this, We have to be motivated by love. Motivated by love. I want to read this. Jesus was always compelled by compassion. Matthew chapter 9. Can we put that up? Verse 35. Last verse. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospels of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with what? He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Listen real quick. I uh, go to high schools every week for your whole school year. And uh, I get to see a little glimpse of what you guys see every single week. I want to share this story and I'm going to pray us out. There's a story I want to share. I was preaching at a school, your local high school, and I was done speaking, and this girl, she came up to me after I was done speaking, and she said, hey, can you pray for me? And um, I looked at her, I said, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I said, well, what can I pray for you about? And she starts to tell me about her life story. She starts to tell me, uh, my parents, and, and some of you might have heard this, my parents got divorced, and My mom moved to a city in Europe, like across the whole world. And she says, every day since their divorce, my dad has told me it was my fault. Every day. She starts crying and she said, and I feel like I'm the reason my parents got a divorce. Can you imagine being 16 years old with this burden? That every day she would leave school and her dad would say, it's because of you. We're not together. And she asked me to pray. And so I grabbed her hand. And I prayed for her, just prayed for her. And she, the bell rang, she went to class, and I sat there. The week goes by, I see, I, next week, I'm done preaching, she comes up to me, she runs to me, smile on her face. I said, hey, how are you? And she goes, it got better. And I said, what do you mean? She said, my dad didn't yell at me today. And I hugged her, I hugged her. And she received Jesus into her life. I've had this privilege of being connected with her on Instagram and just staying in connection with her. But can I tell you, these are real people. These, when we say, like, hey, start a Jesus club, hey, do something at your school, it's not because, like, we're we bored and we need something to do. It's not like, oh, here's another thing, let's add it on them. No, because you're sitting next to people who are going through some things you know, my first year I did a Jesus Club, I get a text from the president. He said, can I call you? I said, sure. I, I pick up the phone call. He said, guess what happened? There was a suicide that took place in our school today. And I said, what? He goes, a suicide happened today. He goes, next week, can you talk about depression and anxiety? So next week, I was like, oh, God, what do I say? Like, what do I do? Can I tell you, it's real in your high school campus. Can I tell you, what the enemy is trying to do is destroy a generation, to silent a generation, to make them feel like you're alone, like you are no good, that your junk is too big, that your mess is too messy. And all of a sudden, we see these things in school, that there's hungry people who are broken, who are hurting And you know what they want? They just want someone to tell them, hey, could you just tell me about Jesus? But can I tell you, we are so stinking comfortable. No, listen to me, young people. We are so comfortable in our life. We are okay with sitting down every single week. We are okay with this amount of people in this room. We are okay with the person in math class dealing with depression and crying himself to sleep every single night. We're okay with that. No, we're okay. We're okay with having a cute church and the four walls. And there comes a point in our lives where where we realize, I got the greatest thing ever, and his name is Jesus. No, listen, can I tell you? I was so broken in high school. I was so insecure in high school. I was addicted to pornography in high school. I dealt with so many issues in high school. I was so bound until Jesus Until Jesus came into my life, he told me who I was, he set me free. And can I tell you, oh, I cannot believe, imagine if I just kept my mouth shut. Imagine if I said, God, thank you for freeing me, okay, gossip girl, let's go. God, thank you for freeing me, video games, let's go. Imagine a, a generation that says, God, thank you for freeing me. Now let me find someone so they know they can have freedom too. Come on, we ought to. No, I'm telling you, we ought to not be okay with just coming to church by ourselves. We ought to not be okay with just living our lives the normal way. I'm going to share one more story about Jesus Clubs and then we're going to pray. I was walking down a, a hall. In this particular school, there's this hall called the Kissing Hall gosh I avoid that place like every time I remember I was walking I was walking down the hall one day and there was this girl and she was with her guy friend and uh, she went to Jesus Club like after and I was like oh I saw you but awkward hey I had a conversation with her she was a cheerleader and she starts telling me her life She starts telling me, I don't I I was like, hey, how are you? And she said, you know, I I deal with a lot of anxiety, deal with a lot of depression. And she starts showing me her cuts, her arms, and then she had one in her face. She cut her face, because she said, I thought I was ugly. She was so beautiful. She showed me her scar. And I remember, I was like, hey, can I pray for you? Let's just pray. And we pray, and I share this story. Here's why: because we think even the popular kids have it all together. Oh, they got popularity. Or they wear that uniform. Oh, they look like that. They're so gorgeous. He's so good looking. They, they don't need it. They don't need it. It's fine. Can I tell you? I hope something stirs within you right now, and just die and go get a, a sign. No, but I'm asking you, whatever God is telling you to do, would you do it? Whatever God is asking of you, would you step out and do it? Would you say, God, I'm willing to? God, I don't want to break up with so-and-so, but I know so-and-so is not good for me. I'm willing to do it. God, I don't want to pray for that person because what if it doesn't, what if they don't get healed? But we got to come to a place where we're like, God, but I'm going to do it anyways. God, I'm going to I'm gonna reach out anyways. I'm going to step out anyways. I'm going to do it anyways. And can I tell you, watch God amaze you. Watch God amaze you. And the last thing, I know I said that about 12 times, but it's really the last thing. There's so many of us in here who's been so churched. So churched. Like, oh, I grew up in church too. I get it, sis. You're so church. We're, we're like, I've heard this message. This is great, Nicole. Great, great, great. I Go out, pray for somebody great. But there's someone in here, one person, you're actually going to take it seriously. And you're actually going to change your school. And you're actually going to change your city. And you're actually going to watch God change a nation because you're not sitting in here like a regular church service but you're sitting in here and you're saying God you're real God your word is true God what you said about me is true God I may have a past but your word is better God I may have sin but your blood covered it God I may be dealing with this but God you're good God my parents may not have a lot of money but thank you you covered. God I know who you are and I choose to believe in this somebody in here one person in here maybe two in here you're going to choose to stand on God's word tonight and you're going to say I don't care what you think of me I don't care what everyone else thinks of me but I believe that what God has for me is far greater than what you could ever tell me about my life and here's what I'm so convinced about I made this decision my senior year in high school I made it I said I will not let a person who does not know who they are tell me who I am I will. No, I refuse to let someone who does not even know their identity tell me who we are. And can I tell you, we ought to be that person that says, I'm not, you're nice, but you know what? You don't know who you are. I'm not even going to listen to you. See, because we live in a place where someone says, hey, you can't speak. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're confined to that. I'm telling you, look at me. God's got a plan for you. No, God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got something incredible for you. And if you're willing to just say, I'm in. I'm in. God, I'm in. I read the very first scripture, 1 Peter, and I want you to believe this about yourselves. But you are a chosen generation. Come on, you're a chosen generation. Come on, God chose you. You sitting in here. You may think you're here because of that girl who's so cute to you because everyone else is here. No, you sitting in here, God chose you. No, God chose you. He sees you fit. He sees you like he needs you to be. He's already forgiven your sin. Come on, put a smile on your face. You're free from what you're stuck to. Come on, God has freed you. God has forgiven you. God says, you chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, come on, his own special people. His own special people. And I love this part, that you, come on, point to yourself. Come on, who? That you, who? You. Can you say me? Come on, say me. God, you. You have chosen us, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light.